Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Resilience of the Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Stevie G. This podcast is primarily geared to provide listeners with tangible concepts that they can relate to, as well as using their personal lives. Each episode is unique as we bring down-to-earth guests with many perspectives and practical advice. It's for anyone that needs that nudge to push through life and align with their passions. We hope that you are able to enjoy each episode just as much as we do. Feel free to follow us on all social media platforms and share this podcast with someone you know, because we all have our successes and failures, but getting through the storm is the most rewarding. So for now, sit back and pour yourself a glass. Resilience on the rocks. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Resilience on the Rocks. As always, it's me, your host, Stevie G. And with me today, my guest is Marcos Estrada. How I know Marcos, actually me and him served. I was in the Marines. He was in the Navy. He was one of those Navy corpsmen, medic on deck, helping out the Marines when we were out there. So got to say I like that and love that. Got to appreciate him. Uh, but go ahead, Marcos, man. Get on the show. Tell everybody who you are. And thanks for being on here, brother. Hey, uh, I'm Marcos. Like Stevie G said, uh, I'm actually from Cali, um, from California. I live like near Sacramento. Uh, so yeah, um, I do like a lot of poetry writing and a lot of, uh, martial arts and stuff. So yeah. Hell brother. That's awesome, man. So anybody who's listening, who doesn't know Marcos the way I know Marcos, tell them a little bit about you, how you grew up, where you're from, all that great stuff, brother. Okay. So, yeah. So I grew up, like I said, um, in California, uh, I grew up in the Bay area. Uh, the Bay area is like considered, you know, San Francisco, Oakland, Richmond, um, places like that. Uh, I grew up in, in Richmond. Um, it's kind of a small little ghetto town. Um, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, uh, Salvadorian, but I consider myself more Puerto Rican cause my mom has been there, you know, my whole life since day one. Um, I grew up, uh, with like three younger brothers. Um, and like, I'm the oldest. So I'll always like growing up, I always try to set a good example for my family, you know, for my brothers and stuff. Um, yeah. So when I turned like, uh, 17, uh, years old, I ran away from home and then, uh, I wanted like something like better for myself because I was, um, dealing with a lot of abuse at home as well from my, from my, uh, stepdad. And so, um, from there I just ended up, you know, joining the Navy and I ended up joining, uh, like around 18 years old. Oh man, that's deep. I, I do want to get into your time in the military, but if you don't mind, right. Mm-hmm. Speaking on, uh, like being abused or yeah. seeing abuse or just being around that in that environment. Yeah. In your opinion, how did it affect you as you grew up into the man that you are? Uh, it affected me a lot, actually, uh, because like when I was a kid, I was actually born in Hawaii uh, when I was in Aloha. Yeah. <laughs> Aloha. Um, but I was actually born in Hawaii because my father was also in the Marine Corps. He was actually stationed on Kaneohe Bay, which is crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, he was actually, I know that. yeah, he was actually on the air wing side. He was, he was a, a helo mechanic and he fought in desert storm. And so, uh, my father came back with like, you know, really bad PTSD and, um, he took it out on us. You know, he, he would beat my mom, uh, beat us, uh, beat me and my brother when we were crying. I was only four years old and my little brother was two. And so from there, it kind of like, um, it affected me big time because it was not only just like physical abuse, it was emotional, mental and sexual abuse that we were subjected to. 
And so from there, it kind of um, put in my mind that like, you know, uh, not even your family can be trusted, not even your own father, you know, you can't just really like rely on people. And so it, 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 it gave me a hard upbringing, actually, when I was a kid, too. Like, I would always act out by getting into fights. Um, I thought, you know, the uh, sexual abuse was normal. So sometimes in school, like from like kindergarten all the way up to like sixth grade, I would touch on all the girls. You know, it was just it was just kind of um, craziness that I was just dealing with. And I didn't know how to deal with it, you know. So I figured, you know, if I want to be a man, if I want to do something, you know, with my life, that'll impacted in a positive way, go and join the military, you know? But, um, yeah. so like right after my biological dad, like we had to literally escape him. you know, we had to leave Hawaii, come to the United, uh, come, uh, you know, to the mainland and, um, and go t- to the Bay area, you know, to go live with my grandfather. Uh, from there, you know, my mom met some other guy, you know, he was cool for several years until I turned, yeah. I turned like 14 years old and then that's when he he started physically abusing me and my brothers and he would like beat us like we were just grown ass men, you know. And so, uh, yeah, there was one one day where I just had enough and and I I beat his ass. You know, I started I started punching the the hell out of him. And then, um, you know, he 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 tried to make me paralyzed from like the waist down. So I kind of just, you know, ran away from home and just like left and I ended up going to San Diego and stuff. Okay, so you you, you escape that uh, terrible environment, exactly. Right? And yeah. You get to San Diego, but but is it just you? Is it your brother? Are you by yourself? No, like, it's just it's that. just me. It was just me that that just kind of moved to San Diego. I, it was the it was the MySpace era, <laughs> so it was oh, like so like I thought that I was yeah, in, the profile pic, yeah, and the, the song, and everything. yeah. yeah <laughs> so I felt like I thought I was in love with some girl, you know, on MySpace, but. Then I ended up like going to go stay with her in San Diego and just for a little bit, you know, not too long, just for a bit because I needed to get away from my family, you know. So from there, it was just like, you know, I was like, I don't know what uh, like I kept like, you know, I don't know why it was like in my mind, I just kept getting these like dreams or these things on on what I really wanted to do in my life. So. Mm -hmm. I dealt with another abusive situation out there too. When, when I was in San Diego, there was like a local gang around there that was trying to kill me. <laughs> so like, yeah, dude. yeah. So, and then like, like the mother, the grandmother of the girl that I was staying with, she was extremely racist too. So she was trying to have me killed and all that. It was, it was just nuts. So, um, Man, you, yeah. Like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like I ended up, um, signing up to go to the Navy. And then, um, my, um, so when I had, when I had joined, I had actually, me and my mom had gotten into a really big fight and my mom, like, honestly, she's my hero. You know, she's been there since day one. So my mom is just like everything to me. So when me and her got into the big fight, I was like really down, you know? And I was like, man, like, how do I go about fixing things with her? And, um, just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it was, but like, as soon as I signed up, the recruiter was like, Hey, uh, so how are things going on with, with you and your family? You know? And I was like, well, me and my mom had a, had a nasty fight. So that's why I'm out here. I ran away from home and this and that. He's like, okay, yeah. how about this? He's like, here's a deal. I'm not going to sign you up unless you go and fix things with your moms. 
So it's like, really? How, how old were you when, when that was happening? I was 18 years old. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then I, I was like about to turn 19 when I was going to go to boot camp. Uh, okay. And so, so like, uh, so I had gone home. I took like an Amtrak, or like a train, you know, and then I went yeah, yeah. and I started, I fixed things with my mom's and now everything has been cool. And so like, so everything, like our relationship is just, you know, amazing. And so, so now like from there, I went, I went ahead, fixed things. Uh, and then I got to sign, you know, sign up. And then I got to like live with the recruiter for like a whole month before I, I uh, ended up going to boot camp. Yeah. It was crazy. Damn, that's totally illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a prior recruiter, I could tell you right now, they cannot stay in your house. No, I know. I know. Thing. But it, 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 it was actually pretty nice because he got me out of a really bad situation. And no, he got true. me yeah, a, no, out of I've a really there. bad, like, you know, like really bad environment to go to his, his house and like stay there for like a month. And then, and then he, nah, he took care of you. Yeah, he definitely he took, took care of you. I was just I was busting your chops, bro. Totally illegal. But I, I've done plenty of things to help dudes get out of the scenarios, like homeless dudes. Yeah. They, they just, they want to be a better version of them, but where are they going to stay? Like, Hey bro, go sleep on that couch. And then we're going to ship to camp next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, I got he you. completely so changed did, my life. Yeah, you know? But he, unfortunately, that's good that you could speak. Sorry to cut you off, but that's great that you could speak highly about your recruiter. I actually uh, still keep in contact to this day with my recruiter. We have a group text, nice. and like every week, we're sending memes to each other, just shooting the shit. So it's uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. That I you used say to that, I used to do that too. Actually, when I was in the Navy, you know, he uh, I would send them videos of like my promotion because I I picked up third class, you know, and so yeah. uh, I sent him a video. But unfortunately, like last year, he passed away. Oh man! Yeah, so it, that that really hit me hard because it was like, damn, man, like this man changed my life for the better, and helped me get into like you know the Navy and all that. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't even be be here today. You know, like you know, yeah. in this in the branch, you know. So it was just like, ah, uh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got you. So I, I do want to mention this: the fact that you said that you were fixing things with your with your mom as you're getting ready to go. So. I talk about this all the time with my mom. Like me and my mom, I was I was a young dumb kid, and I was always fighting, and I always being rebellious to her. And yeah, she's coming at me with a cuchara, and, she's like, oh, and I'm like running out the house. I hate you. And we're just like fighting back and forth, and it was terrible. And then I finally signed the paperwork because she wouldn't sign the paperwork for me. She's like, "You're not joining the military." Yeah. So I do it myself. I come home, surprise. I joined. Yeah. I'm leaving in a couple months. <laughs> she hates me for that. We're fighting. This is the worst decision you're ever gonna make. <laughs> and then um. It wasn't until like I was maybe like six months in or even a year in that we finally had a really good relationship. Yeah. And I tell people, I was like, hey, I, like a lot of people, especially people like of Hispanic descent who had beef with their parents growing up, I noticed that the bond gets stronger. And I tell my mom all the time, like, hey, uh, no, thank God we're good now. I think we have a really good bond because I had to go out there and get it myself. I couldn't have you right. take care of me, you know, hold yeah. me like a baby forever. I had, just, it was so hard to let you go, da, 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 but I'm proud of you. And I'm like, nah, for real, I'm glad that I did what I did. But at first it was rough, man. It was like nonstop cut though with me and my mom. And now, well, fuck, excuse yeah. me, well, I try not to curse on here, but <laughs> we're homies. My mom is tight, man. We talk, we talk all the time. Like, there's not like a couple more I can't go more than a couple of days without calling mom and just right. BSing with her. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. So back yeah. to you, bro. You, you fix things. You join the Navy. How was your time in the Navy? Uh, my time in the Navy was cool. Actually, it's funny how you say that, too, because my mom cried, too. Me and my mom, we didn't get into an argument, but she cried. She cried her eyes out because, yeah. you know, she's seen what it did to my dad, you know, him him being in the Marine oh, yeah. Corps. 
And then uh, when I joined, she didn't want it to happen to me either, you know. But I, yeah, I had for sure, dude. but I had told her, Ma, you know, I was like, you know what, Ma, like I'm gonna be good, you know. God is gonna take care of me, you know. I was like, I was like, so I was like, you know, this is something for me to do do for myself, you know. I was like, I'm a man, you know. I want to be a man. I want to do this, and I want to, I want to, like, I know I could push my body to to the limit, beyond the limit, to do this. You know? Here we go. So, so she was like, okay, mijo. And like, you know, she gave me a big old hug. Like we, we cried, you know, my grandpa, my grandpa was extremely proud of me too. Cause he tried to, he tried to, uh, when he came from Puerto Rico, he tried to join the, the military too, but then he ended up hurting his, his knee in, in like in sports and stuff. So yeah. So, yeah, so, but my time in the Navy was cool, man. Like boot camp was for me. Cause so growing up, I wanted to be a Marine cause my dad was a Marine, you know? Yeah. And then like, but when I seen what it did to him, I was like, you know what? I want to do something that'll help out a Marine, like, you know, be the frontline person, you know, be there, you know. And so I was like, you know, I want to be a medic or I want to do this, you know, I want to work with medicine. So um, like for me, <laughs> boot camp was a joke. <laughs> like yeah. boot camp honestly was was easy. It was easy. For me. Yeah. And like I was actually the guide on. So every single morning I had to go get the flag. But like I would always, you know, purposely mess up, you know, on purpose because I, I loved the punishment aspect. You know, I loved when, when they were like when they would come in and try to have me do push ups, mountain uh, climbers, you know, all this craziness. I, yeah. I, I didn't see. I mean, boot camp. Yeah, it was it was tough, but I didn't see anything tougher than when I went through field medical training battalion when I learned to be a, a, a field, uh, you know, a corpsman with the Marines, that was the most like brutal, the most intense training I've ever received, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I believe it, brother. I, I'll tell you this, man. Uh, Marines are always bust the chops of the corpsman. Yeah. But we love you guys. And I've seen some of the training and even the FMF studying that you guys do. Yeah. Like, I was talking, anytime I talk to a corpsman, I'm like, uh, corpsman know more about the Marines than most Marines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like when you guys actually do that, that, that course, where, I forgot the, the field, field, field medical training oh, battalion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, I know you guys are training. I know you're not just sitting around. Right. With, like, some of the other uh, blue side corpsman. Yeah. Cause like you could always tell the difference between a blue side corpsman and a green oh, side. Oh, yeah. Corpsman. Most definitely. Like, most uh, definitely. I just, I, I ran into one recently and uh, to a spouse, and the spouse was like, Yeah, my husband's over here working at Portsmouth Naval Clinic, <laughs> but he used to be Greenside and he can't wait to go back. I was like, Man, why does everybody say that? Is it <laughs> is it that bad being a blue side corner? Like, do you, do you get bored? Like, yeah, what's going on? I, I was trying to, I, I was supposed to go blue side, but I, I, uh, I got in trouble. <laughs> I didn't yeah, not for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, but so, but no, like, honestly, I enjoyed. Honestly, the, the thing that I enjoyed most was the, the the learning I did, you know, learning about myself, learning about what I can endure, uh, learning about like what I can uh, manage. You know, I, actually, there was a training that we did uh, for when we were training for Afghanistan. I was with uh, I think I was. Yeah, I was with one three, I believe. No. Yeah, I was with one three and I had busted my ankle in, in training yeah. in Mojave Desert. You know, and and then like I had to walk in it broken for six days, cause I I I, I didn't want to give up on the Marines. You know, I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to quit. So for first, oh man, yeah. So for six days, I'm sitting there training and running, and at the at the range, all this stuff, craziness, hiking, everything on 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 a broken leg for six days. And then and then once we once we got back, you know, once we got back to Hawaii. You know, once we got back to Hawaii, uh, the doctor was like, yo, we need to give you a Doc Estrada at x-ray. 
I'm like, all right, cool. You know, finally gave me an x-ray and they saw that I broke my ankle in, in three different places. So it was like, yeah. Bro, what are you, David Goggins over here? <laughs> <laughs> if you if you know his story, he, he does this, something similar. He doesn't quit on training. He just like keeps pushing with yeah. his foot, and he's like hiking really fast. Oh yeah, like dude, and and like, literally hats off me. to you, but yeah. that's that's rough, man. Yeah, literally that was me. Like I was literally every night, you know, duct taping my legs so I could continue. I didn't I didn't want to quit, you know. We were training for yeah. Afghanistan, you know, and and so it was it was wild. <laughs> Oh man, that's crazy, dude. Okay, so smooth transition, right? Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of times when we talk, we always meant mention uh, the mental health aspect, right? So at what point in whether it's your career in the Navy or what point in life do you start realizing like, hey, my mental, my mental health, my my mental fitness is taking a toll? And tell me about that from that point moving forward. So it was about uh, when we had gotten back from Afghanistan. Uh, Cause I did a, a nine month deployment to Afghanistan. And uh, when we got back, that's when I noticed like my mental health wasn't so good. You know, I was like, I was self medicate. I was drinking every single day. I would show up to work drunk. Uh, I would all the time, you know, and, and then I was having like nightmares and just, you know, going through the whole shebang, you know? And so uh, I went to go see the, the, the um, psychologist and the psychiatrist and they for sure, you know, gave me a diagnosis of PTSD. Uh, yeah. From there, everything just went downhill for me. Um, it was rough, you know, trying to get out. Uh, I, I wasn't the same coming home, you know. Um, my mom noticed a change. Everybody around me, all my friends noticed a difference. Um, I would wake up and still think I was in the military. So there were certain times where... Like I would stay at somebody else's house and I'm, I'm sitting there freaking out. I'm sitting there trying to stand watch by their door. You know, I'm sitting there, you know, just, just, it was a horrible time for me. Horrible. And the VA wasn't even a, a much help either. You know, I, I would go to the VA and they, they start saying, oh, well, you didn't serve in the combat zone. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. And so for the longest time, I was sitting at 0% for my disability. Zero percent. And I'm like, bro, like, are you serious? You know, I gave all my time. I sacrificed. You know, I did this. I did that. And I'm over here struggling, you know, can't can't seem to hold the job down. Can't seem to hold my emotions down. I always want to, like, you know, fight with someone. I'm just isolating so many so much. And so the only way that I was able to kind of cope was like through poetry, you know, through through martial yeah. arts, through boxing, you know, just it being being physical, getting you know, getting to hurt people legally, you know, <laughs> and, and like and like, but even then, that that in itself, like even like several times, I would punch a dude in the face, like in, in a boxing match or like a sparring match, and he start bleeding, and I and I go back to that moment in in like time when I'm like, yo, when I'm back in Afghanistan. I'm like, oh shoot! Like, what's going on here? You know, I'm I'm starting to freak out. So it's just, it was bad. It was bad coming out, but like with the help of my mom's, with the help of like you know um, certain medication that I've been taking, with the help of like poetry and martial arts, I've been able to like cope, and I've been able to 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 kind of like you know at least be you know cool, calm, and collected. You know. <laughs> no, I feel you do it. Like we were talking before we started recording. Uh, 
I would say I think it's beautiful that you found a way to, you know, a different avenue of approach to start venting, to start coping with it, because almost every sorry, my phone's ringing. Almost every single episode, whenever I talk about mental health, I always go back to the number one thing, which is working out. And because uh, I just saw a post today, it was I was sitting having coffee, and he goes, "The number one way to deal with mental is to uh, work out and make sure you eat healthy, because you'll be surprised on how physical fitness and the stuff you put in your body ties into your mental fitness." I was like, "Oh, well, that's number one, right?" Right. But there's other things out there, and like you don't have to go work out 24 hours a day in order to, right. to deal with your mental health. So I think it's great that you know you find it through a pen and a pad, right? Right. So tell me more about uh, how you got into poetry. How long you've been doing it? Just tell me what it does for you. Okay. Man. So. Um... Actually, I got into poetry when I was like 11 years old. My uncle kind of taught me, you know, and uh, he was he would show me how to write. You know, he was a gangster, too. And so he didn't want me to, to mess up my life with, like him. So he would show me other avenues of approach of, of how to deal with things, you know. So I didn't really like, you know, take him, you know, serious. I just kind of wrote all the time. But I would write to my crushes. You know, I'd write to, you know, people that I like. You know, it was cool. Um, but then I wanted to like grow into it more, you know, get, get better at it and improve and just kind of learn more about life and get more life experiences, you know? So after I did that, I just started, you know, writing more heavy, you know, and just started putting more of my, myself into my writing. So, um, it went, it went from just kind of like a little hobby or a little thing to me, like performing on stages to like people like, you know, inviting me to, to open up for them uh, I opened up for the winner of America's Got Talent. Uh, uh, he's a poet, too. Uh, I opened up for him out, out here in, in Cali. Um, I, I published three books now. Like, I did all kinds of different things. And a lot of times whenever I would share my poetry, I would always have someone in the audience say, hey, I can relate. Hey, I, I, I identify with your story. Hey, I've gone through this. And then they would share their stories with me, too, you know? So it's like, like, but I like to cover a lot of different, you know, things. Sometimes I'll cover, like, I'll do funny poems, you know, sometimes I'll do like weird, like little abstract stuff where I'll kind of bring yes. in, into the air. Uh, I'll do, I'll do like poetry about like my experiences in the military, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, that's, and basically like the way it makes me kind of feel is like, Sometimes, you know, I try to talk to people and I'm like, yeah, yo, I'm going through this. I'm going through that. And then they look at me like, man, this dude is a weirdo. Like, what the hell is wrong with this dude? Like, you know, yeah. he's seen this. He's seen that. Oh, now I'm offended. You know, so it's like for me, writing is like the best way to, to get it out. You know, for me, it's like I'll just sit down with a pad, paper, you know, pen, whatever I got, you know, and I'll just like start jotting ideas down, start jotting things down that I, that I've um, seen in my dreams or, you know, just my nightmares sometimes, you know, or like just, you know, things around town sometimes, you know, and, and I'll just, that's, that's my, my way that I, uh, you know, use to kind of uh, realize who I am, you know, and, and realize what's going on deep within myself, you know, so it's cool. For sure, man. I think that's great that uh, poetry has affected you in a positive way. Yeah. Both being able to get out there, get on stages, but at the same time being able to 
maybe the emotions trapped that you can't let out with words, you're letting it out through the pen. And right. I, like you said, I think that's great because uh, from my experience, I'm not a writer, dude. <laughs> I, uh, it's like that. It's like that dude's like, I'm not a rapper. <laughs> but uh, I tell you right now, like, I don't really jot stuff down, but I always have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. And uh, I talk to my brother who's down. He's down with writing stuff. And I have a my sister-in-law's boyfriend is, is big on writing. He actually writes blogs for my website for the podcast. Oh, nice. And uh, he's like, bro, just write, just write. And like one day I was like sitting on a plane going to Puerto Rico and I was like, nice. man, I'm about to lose connection on my phone. Let me just let me sit here and relax. And I just had a, an idea. I just started writing, writing, writing. And then when we got off the plane, I was like, hey, hey, Dave, because he came with me. I was like, hey, bro, read this. He goes, who, who wrote this? I, was like, uh, I did. It, you know, I wrote it on the plane. It's like, how long did it take? I was like, oh, I don't know, like two minutes. He was like, but this is pretty good. I was like, what do you mean? Right. Like, bro, you should write more. Like, you should you need to get like a pen and a pad and just start writing, dude. Or like start recording your thoughts and, and just put it down and you'll be surprised at what you have there. So I think it's cool. It's creative. It's an it's an awesome thing. And then I, I think another cool thing is that you're getting out there because uh like I told you earlier, my cousin does poetry. I need to get him on the podcast, but like I went there with an open mind, right? I get in yeah. this I get into this area. I sit down with my son. My son has his headphones on as he's watching his little tablet. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I hope this is good. Yo, I was beyond impressed, man. Like, yeah, when people get on that stage, they let it all out there. And even if it's something silly, like you said, I seen somebody do some silly ones. I was like, okay, I, I could relate. Yeah. But I remember somebody was dropping knowledge, and I'm just like, yeah, man, my hairs on my arms are sticking up. Like, <laughs> I understand completely what this person is saying. Like, where's yeah. this book? I want to buy it <laughs> immediately. And like, when somebody's able to really touch people with what they're doing with their poetry, it's like, man, that's that's dope. But just like, yeah. Somebody who sings or somebody who's, you know, a rapper or anything like if, if you got some some emotional talent that you could put on on your whatever your spin, then it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Right. Yeah. So I, I did. It was cool, too, because I did one about um, PTSD, but I, I made it. OK, I made it like beautiful. And like and so uh, every single like there's an office that I, I would go see my my therapist at and every person has it uh, framed in their office. It's pretty cool. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Oh, cool. look at that, man! So, t- tell me more about therapy, man. H- how long are you-, are you still in therapy? Um, is it positive ther- from therapy? Like, for example, my before I used to go, uh, I-, I talk a lot about people, and I don't, I no longer like the pills. Yeah. Before I was like, yeah, take the pills. No, I'm not on the pills no more. I don't like what it does to me. Yeah. A lot of people agree with me when I say that. Like, what really works for you other than the poetry? Uh, so what works for me is also martial arts uh, a lot. Like I, I'm training in uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu too. And so Brazilian jiu-jitsu has been like, oh my gosh. Like it's like a, like a, a almost like a therapy, you know? It's like I go there, I, I'm going through a lot in my head. And then after that, like I just get my, my, my ass, my ass beat <laughs> literally in jiu-jitsu, you know? And then I'm like, man, what the hell was I thinking about earlier or what was going on earlier? I don't even remember sometimes. And it's like, but, but yeah, it, um, they call it like a controlled chaos and, and it's been proven to help veterans as well, you know, with, with their people yeah, symptoms. It, I have a, I have a vet buddy that I served with. He's actually from where I grew up and he, uh, he was telling me, I don't know if you heard of this. I gotta get you the, the name of the website, but there's a company that helps veterans. They will literally pay for a whole year of your membership and pay for your gi and everything Wow, for free. All you gotta do is show that you have either PTSD, you served in a combat zone and, and uh, you have a DD-214. Wow. I got to get you the link, brother. Uh, so oh, if I can remember during the episode, I'll bring it up. But I was trying to do it. Uh, and the only stipulation was like, you had to serve in a combat zone. I was like, well, I deployed, but I did not have a combat zone underneath my belt. <laughs> so I was in the Middle East, but it wasn't combat. Yeah, so yeah. It was like, uh, 
we can't help you out, brother. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, I definitely got to, as soon as I get that, I'll get it to you. But uh, the person, another person was telling me, was like, man, like going, like, for example, I, I hear people they're like, yeah, I got my own business and I successfully transfer, transfer, uh, transitioned out of the military and I'm a great father and I'm doing this. And like, they're like killing it in life. Yeah. He was like, however, I go to a dojo, I go do jujitsu. I am now a white belt and I am not the subject matter expert and I have to humble myself because I'm about to get my ass beat oh, yeah. <laughs> on the ground. Like it's about to go down. So a lot of these guys is like, yeah, man, like it's a great way to humble yourself, zero yourself back in because maybe that's not your realm and now you're not going to crush that realm, but you go every day, you do the workouts, you do the stretching, you do the drills and then it pays off because you're learning all over again. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree. Like it humbles me a lot. Like, I'll go there, I'll go there, you know, I'm thinking, you know, when I first started, I'm like, yo, I'm hot shit, you know, I could, I could, you know, I could do this, you know, I got this. No, man, sadly mistaken, I was getting beat up left and right by a, a female purple belt, and I'm like, dang, <laughs> you know, so, so, like, I've been going for, like, four months now, so it's literally been humbling me, so now it's like, I'll go there, and I'll, I'll go there, like, I don't even know nothing. You know, I don't know anything about this, you know, so it's like it's like every and then every day is like a new a new accomplishment. You know, every day is a new is a new uh, challenge or every day is a new like a uh, small little victory, you know, for me, because it's like, yeah, certain days I'm like, man, I don't even feel like going, but then I'll go or like like uh, even the days that I don't even feel like going, I'll put someone in, in a, in a chokehold and I'll tap them out. And I'm just like, yes, you know, small little victory, you know, or, or like I'll, I'll uh, somebody will try to get me in like a, a chokehold myself or like an arm bar or a leg lock, you know, and I'll just kind of successfully escape it. And it's just like, man, yes, you know, so I every single time I go, it's like a new little like victory for me because it's like, man, I did this. I did that. And I come home and I start reflecting on it. Start, you know, I, I get even happier, you know, so just like, That's yeah. Good. That's awesome, man. It's a great way to uh, to tie into your, your mental fitness, and I think that's great to see you doing that because um, not to put you on blast, but I remember conversations me and you having in the past. You're like, yo, bro, I'm going through it. Yeah. It's a rough time in my life. And right. uh, that conversation, I want to say it was almost a year ago. Yeah. And uh, now, you know, speaking to you now, I, I can I can truly say just looking you face to face is like you look like you're in a better spot, man. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It, and it, it, is, it is because of the like even – Man, like when I first started the jujitsu, I was like, man, what am I getting myself into? You know, because I was very, very like, you know, self-conscious about like people touching me, you know, guys, you know, rolling around on me, you know, touching me and grabbing me in a certain way. You know, sometimes they'll put like their balls on your face to get you in a lock, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, but then I didn't right now. I don't even look at it like that. Like, you know, it's just I look at it as like, OK, this is a learning experience. You know, this is a, a way for me to realize and and understand who i am and what my limits are you know what i can withstand you know my pain threshold or like you know how much you know how much i can stand like you know a person grabbing all over me and then trying to you know choke me out and trying to do this and trying to do that you know so it's it's yeah it's it's awesome that's good that's good man as we transition and, and uh start to wrap things up I, I do want to put you on the spot right so obviously it looks like you're in a good spot compared to last time right which yeah. is great and i want you to keep doing those things for somebody who's not in a great spot for somebody who's currently going through it whether whether they are a veteran or not they're suffering maybe from ptsd depression anxiety you name it what is uh marcos estrada's piece of advice to give to them 
my piece of advice is to, to just keep going. Even if you got to fake, fake the funk, you know, and just like pretend, oh, yeah, I'm okay. Just keep going and, and keep telling yourself that that each day is going to get better, you know, because that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing lately. It's just each day is going to get better for me. Each day is going to I got a new victory, a new progress, you know, and just keep on going. Even a small little defeat one day can be a victory in a few days, you know. So, yeah, there you go. I like that. That's well said, brother. And then uh, I do want to ask you this, right? So we didn't, you haven't even mentioned your name, Metaphoric Life, right? right. So go ahead and uh, anybody who wants to follow you, uh, whether it be Instagram, social media, whatever the case may be, uh, where can they follow you? But before that, uh, what's next? What's next for your poetry, for your work? What do you got in the works right now? Uh, so right now I'm going to be hosting a uh, poetry um, night at a uh, art gallery. Uh, it's going to be every Friday night. Uh, I also got another book coming. Uh, which is uh, going to be called uh, "The Comforting Rain from My Dark Clouds." Um, it's 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 a you know it's going to be a book about like my struggles and my uh, you know uh, triumphs with like you know dealing with my mental health and stuff. Um, and yeah, that's what I uh, pretty much got going on. I do have several music videos out, so if you want to like you know look me up, uh, my name is Metaphoric uh, Metaphoric Life. Uh, it's spelled with the number four in the name. Um, the reason why I adopted that name was uh, because I always felt like my life is just a metaphor for something else happen happening. You know, uh, my life is always a metaphor for something bigger or something, you know, smaller. And I always treat it like my life as a metaphor, you know, so that's why I, I call myself metaphoric. Awesome, brother. Awesome. And then what's the name of your, your social media accounts or your youtube page so anybody listening can find it and obviously i'm gonna go ahead and put it in the description whenever i publish this yeah so my instagram is metaphoric underscore life uh and then on on my youtube it's metaphoric um i also have a, a snapchat which is like the same metaphoric life um and in my books uh i have several i have three books out so one of them is called confiscated contraband the other one is spilled ink scattered letters and the last one is love love and love so love is like, you know, <laughs> it's spelled with like, oh, the first love is spelled with the period. The second love is with the exclamation point. And then the third love is, is spelled with the with the, uh, a question mark. So it's, it's basically like, you know, a book about toxic relationships, you know, and, and how to deal with them. Um, and so, yeah. Awesome, brother. I appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on the show, sharing yeah. your story with us. Uh, once again, it's great to see you doing great things. I mean, I, it's been years since I've actually seen you face to face, but we catch up all the time on social media. So that's awesome, man. We're going to keep doing that, brother. Yeah. Stay in the ring. Stay in your gi. Do your thing. I'm coming. Train. I'll be training soon. Don't worry. I'll post some videos of me getting slayed by somebody. <laughs> But uh, hey, and other like, than if that, you ever come out to Cali, yeah. man, we can roll, you know, and, and like, you know, just oh, I'm always like, down. Bro. Hey, yeah, I'm always down to roll also, around. Also, like, you know, spit a little uh, small poem real quick. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish it off with that. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So this one's one that I wrote about PTSD, and it go, it's called Wartime Flowers, and it goes, Orchids bloom through my war-torn mind. Tulips growing from the ravages of that war. Bombs blasting through the thoughts like forget-me-nots, the thorns on guns. Weeding through the barrels are white roses like white flags and the signals of peace. But the bullets still hit the young soul of the daisies being picked off by the sniper in towers, shooting at the irises that lay in the extend boom. A daffodil, growing in the field where the marine plants his boot like he planted the root of the lavender. 
as he watches the blood splatter like a dolly of flour. Trying to keep his composure in a cold weather storm with hands in foxgloves and marigolds springing up to keep him warm. But there stands another as he looks up at the sunflower in the sky, hoping and praying that it would all end. But someone in this flower field yells, we're at war within our minds as the smell of lavender wakes me up. As daisies begin to creep back up. You see, I was having dreams of lilies and tulips blooming from the ravages of my war-torn mind, but all I could see were the bouquet of those flowers sprouting all around faces, all around my white-walled room. Man, there we go. Ada, that's, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Give my boy a follow. Get, get, get up metaphoric life right now. But that's awesome. Man. I appreciate you doing that. Like, I wanted to ask you earlier. I was like, I don't want to put him on the spot if he's not ready. But that, you were ready, dude. <laughs> no, you always cool. stay ready. That's awesome. But that's good, <laughs> yeah. good for you, man. That's yeah. that's good. I, I like always that. come out with that with that like mentality of like you know the Marine Corps mentality. Stay ready, you know. Like, yeah, I like that. I like that. All right, awesome, brother. Well, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Thanks for listening right, to Resilience on the Rocks. We'll catch you next week. I'm so tired of-